Hello to all you doinks out there, and welcome back to the Double Doink Podcast, where myself and Dave talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. Now, this week is episode number six. Now, the reason I wanted to mention that is because it's the number after five and it's the one before seven. I don't know, I just wanted to mention it, but we have a couple announcements before we get into the, the news and what happened this past week. First thing is Friday Night Smackdown is now... Exactly that. Friday Night Smackdown. Now, we record these on Thursdays. Last week, we had to record on a Friday for different circumstances, whatever. We record these on Thursdays, so technically, Friday Night Smackdown, the first Smackdown, has not happened yet. So, what that means is there will be no Smackdown recap this week, but starting next week, Episode 7, we will be doing Smackdown uh, reviews after, or first. It'll be number one. It'll be the first thing, so we'll do Smackdown, whatever happened on the weekend, uh, Raw, NXT, NXT UK, and Dynamite will be somewhere in there because Dynamite started this week. Dude, Wednesday nights are going to be big. It used to be the Monday Night Wars when I was growing up. My kids are growing up during the Wednesday Night Wars. It's going to be so friggin' good. Yes. Another announcement. If this was a video podcast, you would see that Dave and I are wearing matching t-shirts. The reason that is is because the double doink t-shirts, the plain black tees with the white logo over the left chest, are now live. Now, Official. They are officially here. We are both repping them, and we are both very, very happy with how they came out. Oh, yes. So, the way you guys can get your hands on a The Double Doink shirt, it's a Double Doink shirt, basically, but it says The Double Doink, but whatever. A way to get your hands on it is if you share any of our content, be it our Instagram posts, Facebook posts, or if you post on our Facebook page like your own separated post on Facebook, then you will be messaged by myself or Dave. We will ask you what your shirt size is, and we will somehow get you a the Double Doink t-shirt. Oh, that's definitely going to happen to anybody who does that. And that is for the first run of shirts. After we run out of these shirts, we're going to get some more done, and then we're going to start selling them. And I don't think I've told Dave this, but I'm going to start coming up with multiple designs. So we're going to have the original black on white, we're gonna have other colorways with on uh, with white. I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna figure out some way to make this freaking happen, guys. Now that I'm out of breath, let's get into Monday Night Raw. Well, actually, before we get into Monday Night Raw, there are a few things that we do have to bring up from last week. Yes, that's right. I our, forgot all about that. Our top ten lists did get some attention. Yes, it did, which was really nice. And we were we were I wouldn't say attacked, but. People were questioning where certain matches, where certain were, matches were were well, not in the ma- in the list. Yes. So I posted a comment. Josh also posted a comment to Mark in which, um, yes, I understand the importance of WrestleMania 18. I understand the importance of Icon versus Icon. To me, that match didn't make my top 10 because, one, I was never a Rock fan. I always preferred Austin. Yeah. And I was never really a Hogan fan. I always preferred Macho Man. So that's kind of where that fell. I mean, if I was growing up a little bit more in the 80s and watching wrestling a little bit closer in the 80s, maybe I would have been more of a Hogan fan. But when it became between Rock and Austin, it was always Austin 316 to me. And that was just that. And for me, my my first WrestleMania, and this is really dating myself, my first WrestleMania that I ever saw from start to finish was 25. I started watching wrestling shortly before 24, but that's before I really knew about WrestleMania and all that stuff. So that match I didn't go and I didn't see until the very until after it had actually happened. So 
it, it didn't really hit me as much because I wasn't in the Attitude Era. I wasn't watching at the time of when that was really important. So that's why that didn't make my top ten. Yeah, it is a very good match. I mean, you go back. It definitely brings a kid out of anybody from the 80s. You want to hulk up when you're watching that match. But I can tell you right now, you know, if if we made a top 15, it most certainly would have made my top 15. I know it probably wouldn't have made Josh's. No, it, it, it wouldn't have. It would have made my top 15. And also, if you guys go back and listen to my list, there were two matches that were before 2010. They were both in 2009. I had one match in 2011. And then every single other match after that was like 2017, 2016, and beyond. Because that's when I really, really got into wrestling was like late 2016. And that's when I really got back into wrestling. Like when I finished high school, I really got back into going to more shows and all that such and watching what was actually going on. And then, then my fandom skyrocketed. Yeah. And then JJ also contacted me as well about my number one. You know, there's no disagreement. If you talk to anybody who's an Attitude Era fan, oh, yeah. the Attitude Era really ramped up. With my number one, yeah, Aust- exactly. Austin versus Hart. Yeah, it's very rare that you get a really good, you know, double double turn. Yeah, face to heel, heel to face. That match has its place in history, and trust me, I was beating myself up all week about not putting Benoit's triple threat at my number one. But emotion can't get in the way when you just yeah, look exactly. at a true masterclass, yes. and a true masterclass is that match between. Hart in Austin. They're, yeah. they're, you'll you'll never find a more important match. Maybe in the annals of wrestling. I mean, yeah, through history, you have Hogan slamming Andre. Yes. But that's not a good match. It's a good moment. Yeah. And I had people ask me about that as well outside of the internet. People who listen to this podcast. Yeah. Who like, I think, I think another list we may do, which we'll combine for this one, we'll do down the line, is the top ten moments Oh, yeah. Everything wrestling. that changed wrestling. Yeah. And one of them, I already know what my number one is, and it's the return of the Shockmaster. Yeah. The Shockmaster coming back. Most important thing that oh, ever yeah. happened in wrestling. 100%. 100%, my friend. All right. So... And now, like you were saying, a double turn doesn't happen all the time. But you know what happens all the time? What's that? A double doink. Oh, so yes. let's get in to Monday Night Raw. Raw started out pretty hot. Well, first of all, new th- new music. It was, it was new bad. music. My son jumped off the couch when he heard Skillet. He loves dude, Skillet. Dude, Skillet is one of my favorite bands. And when I saw that that was the theme, I was like... Hell yeah! Because so good. Didn't they do a theme for them a few years ago? They've done. I think you remember the song "Monster." Yes, that was a pay per view theme. Okay, and then "Shine Down." I know was like enemies was something yeah. for a little and while. Then Hero. Yep. Hero by Skillet was another theme. They did a lot of themes back in like the 2009, 2010, 2011 okay. days. Such a good, such a good opening. Yeah, and I, well, we could get into an entire conversation about metal. Yeah, but I really, really love Skillet for the one reason that their drummer. Is a female second vocalist of a band. Yeah. Well, because one, you never find female drummers in any bands almost ever. Yep. And two, female vocalists in metal are few and far between. There's some really but, no- notable ones, but Ash Costello, uh, Lizzie Hale, and all these, uh, Cashin, uh, Lauren Cashin. But to find one that sings while drumming, yeah, that almost never happens. I know. I, well, d- drummers in general who sing. Is, exactly. ver- is very rare. It's yeah. very rare. So so to have a female metal drummer singer is like one in a million. Yeah. And, so And it's good. It, it was a great opening. I love the new stage. I love that whole flow that's going on with the stage. And Pyro. 
and I'm so happy fireworks. that Pyro is back. I'm so happy and that, that Pyro is, is back. And that is right away, right away, right at AEW. Oh, right yeah, away. of course, 100%. Because, because AEW, you knew it was going to come out with the Pyro. You knew they were going to come out with the fireworks. They're obviously coming out with the TV 14 rating. Which, now, something, we'll get to AEW, and I'll mention it. I'll write it down so I remember it. But something about the AEW stage is what really bothers me. Yeah, I I think we're on the same page and we haven't even talked about it, but there was there was an element to the stage that I really did not like. Yeah. So, but Raw opened up with, with a bang, a Rey Mysterio promo, where Rey comes out and he's saying that he's going to be dedicating his Universal Championship match to his son Dominic, who was sitting in the front row, and then hits Brock Lesnar's music. Oh man! Now. I didn't see that coming at all. No. I'm, last week in the podcast, I talked about how the main event was going to end with The Fiend catching Rey Mysterio off the top We row. were wrong from the first five minutes of the show. I know, but I'll tell you something right now. Lesnar wrecked shop. And it was really, really and, good. And you can tell that Dominic has been spending some time at the Performance Center. Yeah, because, because he took those bumps like a pro. Yes. I wouldn't say like a pro, but like someone who was trained. Yes. And, I mean, you can see there was a, I guess, a slight miscommunication between Lesnar and Dominic. Yeah. Because Lesnar got mad and said, all right, I'm going to fold you over the ring post. And then I'm just going to straight up drop you on the outside of the ring. Because it looked like he was going to try to give him an F5 into the ring post. Yeah. Which kind of, you can cushion a little bit better. Yeah, no, exactly. He just straight up was like, yeah, I'm going to bend you in half, 90 degrees in your back. Then I'm going to take you in the ring, and in front of your father, I'm just going to absolutely tear you apart. Yeah, now Dave knows this. I have back issues, and like I'm nursing one right now. Oh, watching that really, that one really stressed my back out even more than it already is. And Lesnar was just the beast incarnate. And later on in the night, you know, Heyman cuts the promo blaming Vince McMahon. Yeah, talk, that and, was really good. And, and I like how he says, um, he calls out the other guys outside of the WWE. He says, yeah. you know, other guys in the WWE can't handle Brock Lesnar. Nobody in the WWE can handle Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Vince McMahon knew he was in fight mode. Why would you invite him here? Yeah. It was it was so well written. booked. And you want to know who written. probably wrote it? Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman wrote it. And and the funny thing about Paul Heyman, do you notice he was wearing all blue? Like SmackDown blue? No, I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, he was wearing all SmackDown blue. Do you blue. think that means Heyman and Lesnar? Well, we know Lesnar is going to end up on SmackDown full-time. Do you think Heyman's going to be end up on SmackDown full-time even though Heyman is almost in charge of Raw? I think so. I honestly think that Heyman may have his hand in the SmackDown bucket a little bit more. I think he has his hand in both. Yeah. I think Bischoff does certain things in SmackDown, maybe yeah, I helps think, with the writing. Yeah, but. I think Heyman does a lot of the writing for both, and then Triple H is fully in charge of NXT. Yeah. Which, we'll get to we'll NXT, get to NXT later. Oh, yeah. But After that, we had a Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss match. It was a blow Always match. quality. Blow Always match from quality. Last week. Very, of course. Those two are... Two of the best workers. Yes. Yeah. And and like we said last week, you know, through Banks' heat, Bliss is starting to get the cheers from the crowd. Yeah, Bliss is starting to turn face yep. almost because of her interactions with fellow heels. And I like how WWE storylines are really starting to stay, starting to get quite consistent. So you're getting yeah. the fact that because of all the exterior interference in the matches that have been happening over the last couple of weeks with, you know, Banks versus Cross 
and Bailey versus Cross and all this stuff that they basically just said, okay, well, Bailey and Cross, you're banned from ringside this week. Yeah. You cannot be out there. Yeah. And they just let it stay as a one-on-one match. And that's another thing I'll mention, too, when we get to NXT about ringside. We'll g- I'll get to that when we get to NXT, mm-hmm. when we get to one of the matches that happened on NXT. But uh, after that, uh, Becky Sasha yep. had a brawl. Yep. We knew that was going to happen um, leading up into their Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell. So I early prediction, we're going to get into our predictions later. Who goes over in that Hell in a Cell? To me, Banks can't afford a clean loss. But in Hell in a Cell, you can't lose anyway but clean. So Banks can't tap. Banks can't be pinned. So if Bank loses, it has to be some kind of no contest loss, which I would really hate because I hated the no contest last year. I want to see Banks with the belt. I want to see Becky Lynch as the face chasing Banks going into the new year. Now, there's one of two ways that that can happen. If Banks goes over... Whoever saw uh, whoever Bailey's facing goes over as well, because I don't think they're gonna split Banks and Bailey up. And if Bailey is SmackDown Women's Champion, Banks is Raw Women's Champion. That they almost face that, that almost series. no, that almost guarantees that they're split when they do the brand split again. Okay. So if Banks wins, Bailey loses. If Bailey wins, Banks loses because they're not splitting them up. They're gonna have them on the same brand. Okay. So. I think Becky goes over clean. I think Becky makes Banks tap. Okay. Because I think Banks has the bank statement on, and Becky somehow reverses it into a disarm pin her. or a disarm her. Okay. And wins that way. Okay. But we'll, we'll get into our full predictions later on. Okay. Next was the Gloria Show-Offs. It was a Gloria Show-Offs, but um, right before that, they had the big video package of the Fire Fire. Funhouse from last week. They had Rollins doing his interview. Again, survive and prevail seems to be his new motto. Sure, that'll be on a WWE t-shirt at some point in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be out uh, before Imperium. Yes. Shirts come out. Unfortunately. I can't wait for those shirts. Oh, my God. But You um, see us rocking our double doink shirts, and then the next day we'll be rocking our Imperium Imperium. shirts. Yep. And if they don't come out with Imperium shirts by the end of the year, we will make our own double doink Imperium shirts. Yes. Um. I, I like these recaps every week with the Fire Five Fun. I think it's really good. It's a, it's a good way. So if people miss a week, they don't completely miss a huge bit of the story because they tell a lot of the story through the Funhouse. Yes. And, you know, Rollins was upset because he's not going to have his match with Mysterio. So he basically put out there an open challenge open challenge, for yeah. anybody to come out and test I love him. open challenges. Oh, yeah. Because you never know who he's going to face. And who he faced was very really good. Very enjoyable. But what they did... To end that match was very bad. Yeah. Well, to end that match was really good, but to the what precursor to, his, to the ending of the match. What happened to his opponent, just, uh, I, I've said before, I'll what pass. I don't like, and uh, I'll pass. we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, but yes, then you had your boys, Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery. I, 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 I love, uh, I don't remember, I think it was while they were still in the ring, Otis hadn't taken his shirt off, and he just kind of pulled it up a little bit, was and rubbing his belly. belly. Oh my God, I love Otis yeah. Dozovich and so the, much. And the Glorious Show-Offs, which, it was a good match. It was a really, really and, good match. And I feel as if they're waiting for maybe a pay-per-view 
to take to these put the belts, belts. Well, to take the belts off the Gloria Show off. Who they're gonna put them on, I don't know. Um, but heel, heavy, so it has to be a face. Heavy Machinery really, really, really put forth an excellent match. You yeah. know, you had you had the double Caterpillar, where you got both of those guys with the Caterpillar. Yeah, that was really um, good. You had the hot tag. They were getting ready for the compactor. Then obviously, just like heels usually Super do. They, no, uh, he hit him with the um. Oh, the uh. Zigzag. Zigzag. Zigzag, and then the glorious DDT to put yep. uh, Tucker down. Yeah, put Tucker down. And Tucker takes the fall, which, yeah. again, it, it's tough it's, to say. It's, it's hard to see either of them take a fall at this point. No, but I could see Tucker. I prefer Tucker taking it because Otis has this whole new, like, almost gimmick rolling. Yeah. And he's, he's, like, more of the face of it, so to have Tucker take the fall. Would have hurt them. To have Otis take the fall would have hurt them. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, is I can't see – um. Robert Roode getting uh, Otis up for a glorious DDT. No. Absolutely not. No, Otis is massive. Yes. After that was the Ms. DV segment, correct? I was not looking forward to this, and it actually turned out pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make a, a huge shout-out to uh, a Facebook group I'm part of, Wrestling Period. Um, we have a lot of people that don't like Hogan for reasons. I'm assuming you can understand what those reasons are. Oh, yeah. Um. So I've almost kind of like I didn't grow up with Hogan. I Hogan is Hogan to me. It's he's another legend that comes back and takes time from our other guys. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, so does Flair. Flair. I like Flair though, but that's because one of my favorite matches is the retirement match no, between him and Michaels. And I'm again, I'm not trying to knock Flair, but when you have a retirement match the way that he had his retirement match to end his career in WWE, why go to TNA? Yeah. Why have those whatever five or six matches he had? Yeah. And I think one of them was a negative star rating match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And that's coming from a guy, again, we've talked about guys who could carry a, a wet mop through a match and get three stars out of it. That's the kind of guy Flair was his entire career. Yeah. So that's my problem with Flair. He should have just ended when he ended it. And um, Hogan, you know. Another guy Hog- that just. Hogan in the ring is different from Hogan the person. And I can yes. see why people boo Hogan when he comes out. You know, he does get a pop. He's still Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But I was not look. I wasn't really looking forward to this segment because I didn't know where they were gonna go with it. Yeah. And I like where it went outside of the fact. Obviously, it's building to a Saudi um, Arabian pay per view. Yeah, something that isn't gonna really fall into canon. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know I, what you're saying I, because I, Crown Jewel, Greatest Royal Rumble, those never really fell into canon. S- canon. Super Super Showdown did. Because of one thing, Buddy Murphy winning his belt. Yes. That's yes. the only reason that mattered. The other knockoff show, I'll call it, but not even really a knockoff, They're that B-shows. really matters is Evolution. Yes. Okay. But that was really important because of it was showcasing women's wrestling. Yes. Which is really important. But, but these Saudi Arabian shows... I enjoy them. I'll watch them. Yeah, of course. But I watch them because they're wrestling, and I like to watch wrestling. Yeah. But to watch him with the expectation that it's going to be a good wrestling pay-per-view, you're going into it wrong. No, because it's a glorified house show. Exactly. That's all it really is. And I like the idea of this, you know, five-on-five Team Hogan versus Team Flair thing. I I, I enjoy it. I like the captains that we chose. That, those are two really Rollins, good Rollins, uh, Orton. Rollins that was and really Orton good. Is, is really good. And then you get the first two members of each team coming down. Rusev on Team Hogan. Yep. So it's going to be Team Face versus Team Heel. Oh, we it, already know that. Yeah. I mean, that's it's obvious. Hogan Flair, yeah. 
And then King Corbin yeah. as the second member of uh, Team Flair. Flair. Yes. Which really, really smart. Yes, it is. It's it's a very it's a very good move. It's a very good move where you're definitely classifying your heels, which are the flares, yeah. versus your faces, which is Hogan. And yeah. it, it, it works well. Um, I've watched all the Saudi pay-per-views. Again, they don't fall into canon, which kind of irritates me. I like my storyline staying very consistent. Yeah. Um, This storyline is going to kind of be a, a little odd, depending on where the rest of the teams fill in. I mean, if, if you're asking me, Team Hogan is probably going to end up filling in with, obviously, three more faces. Cedric Alexander, Ricochet... Yeah, I was going to say Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and um, probably Roman Reigns. Okay, yeah, I could see Roman. You know what I mean? You get two members of the Shield then, back. The other side, maybe just all three members of the OC. Maybe AJ a- Styles, well, I definitely Shinsuke can see Nakamura. AJ, Shinsuke, and Zayn? Maybe Sami Zayn. Maybe, um, you know, it, it all depends on where they're going to, who they want Here's who they a shout. Bury. Here's a shout. Here's a shout. I don't think they're going to put... Brian can't be there because Brian won't go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Oh, Sami Zayn won't go either. Sami Zayn won't. He can't go. Yep. And so, so Kevin Owens won't go either. Yeah, Kevin won't go. So I think I think Team Hogan is going to be uh, Rollins, Rusev. Can Mustafa Ali go? I don't think so. He's Arab. I, I, I don't know, but I don't think he was. he's been to either of those pay-per-views. I think he was still... Cruiserweight when those happened. Okay. So if Mustafa Ali can go, he will be part of that team. Ricochet and um, who was the last one we said? What the? Uh, Alexander. Okay. And then it will be Orton. Corbin. Corbin, Nakamura, AJ. And then Mike Canellas. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody. Some heel. Yeah, I don't know who the fifth heel would be. You need, you need. Like See, a, this is the problem. Everybody gets lost in the shuffle, and we don't know who's where anymore. Maybe Ziggler. Maybe a returning Drew McIntyre. That'd be a good shout. I That'd mean, be a really good shout. Be be a good way to get him back back into the fold. I mean, maybe introduce him a couple of weeks before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I could see that. So, Miss TV was. Entertaining to say the least. Yeah. Obviously, like we said, broke into a you know a brawl between Orton and Rollins. Next two members come down, and the nice thing about this is after that backstage. Yeah, Rusev came back and challenges he, Rollins. Challenges Rollins says, for the belt. If, so. there's, if there's an open slot, I'll take it. Yeah, I will fight you. You yeah. know, we may be on the same team for this event, but I'll take a shot at the Universal Championship. Yeah. And it was nice. Yeah, it was a really good match, for what happened. Next, uh, I believe so. I keep saying I believe is because I don't write down the backstage promos and the vignettes and all that such. Nope. I just write down the matches. That's what I'm here for. Um, AOP was next. AOP was next. Okay, that's why I wanted to make sure. Nice promo again. Yes, very yeah. good. AOP, I cannot wait till they actually debut. I know. Get I put in quotes, debut. Get them back in the ring. Yeah. Because these backstage, this one was all about violence. How violence is their message. How violence is part of their life. How violence begets violence begets violence, and how they want to be the 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 perpetrators of violence. And it's so cold blooded. It so much reminds me of promos from when Austin was in ECW. Yeah. And when he was in that space where he left WCW before he came to WWF, and it it has Heyman written all over it. All over it. Oh yeah. And there isn't a bad promo on Raw now. 
since Heyman's joined. I really don't think. I, I, I can't really put my thumb on a, on a promo that yeah. sticks out that was awful. I'm hoping the thing that ended the night before the ending of the night was Heyman? No, it, it it can't be. No, that's that's to um that's to appease um McMahon. Mr. McMahon. That's, that's a McMahon thing. That's a McMahon thing. It's like okay, we got to give him something. Okay, we'll give him this. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's all that was. Next was Viking Raiders, two weeks in a row defeating the OC. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, and it's not a burial. They're not burying the OC. They're giving them great showcases. Great matches. I mean, you're getting a couple of false finishes here. The OC even used one of their signature moves to put down one of the Raiders, and it and it didn't keep him down. It kicked out at a two, yeah. and it is just great to watch the splash, the call out to three hundred five live that they made on commentary. Yep. It's they are going to be giving the Raiders a huge push. Oh yeah, and do not be surprised. They haven't announced any tag team matches for Hell in a Cell. They could not be... be surprised if the Raiders are the ones who take the belts off the glorious show-offs. Yeah. Speaking of commentary, what did you think of the new commentary I team? thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I thought it was good. There was and... there was no heel dynamic, though. That was the only no, weird thing. Dio had a little bit of but... heel in it. Jerry Lawler had a little bit of heel in it. And Vic's obviously uh, the play-by-play, yeah. so he can't really push heel or face. Yeah. The only ever heel play-by-play was Michael Cole. Yeah. And that he wasn't even really play-by-play at that time. He was color. Yeah. But I I enjoyed it. I this is gonna sound bad, but it it's it seems like it moves so much smoother without Renee Young there. I can agree to a point. I really really liked Renee's wit and her banter with and Corey. her banter with Corey. It just but I don't think she'd work well with anybody but Corey Graves. Exactly. Or do so we, if they tried to have it be Lawler, Joseph, and uh, Renee, Renee, it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't have worked as well. No, I like I liked they're doing the complete upheaval, and the fact that Renee Young's gonna have her own backstage. I feel, yeah, I feel talk like show. Yeah, thing. I feel like Renee was the Byron that Corey liked. No, because he. He got after her a couple of times. A couple of times, but nowhere near as no. much as he put down Byron no. Saxton. Byron Saxton was just a human punching bag for Corey <laughs> Exactly, but it, it worked so well. No, it does. It, it it really does. It was almost like that human punching bag that when you go back and you look at Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler or, you know, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Yeah. You, one of them has to be a punching bag, and it's always the face who's the punching bag to the heel, but then it's yeah. always the face who gets his comeuppance when one of his guys wins. It's just yeah, exactly. It's just one of those things. So I I like the idea of moving Renee Young back into a into almost a um a highlight role. Yeah, when because cause she did really well when they had talking smack. Talking smack and there's always been a lot of talk about how you know, if she ever wanted to, she could move into the sports world. She could go to oh, an yeah. ESPN or something like that because she would fit the mold of what they're looking for as far as a pretty face who knows what she's talking about, who can host a good show, and that's what she can do. She I really can. I almost see her as a Fox analyst, specifically when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. So, her. like, how they have specific, like, football and they have baseball mm-hmm. analysis yeah. and all that. Put her in a Fox Sports, working for under Fox Sports programming. Yep. For that wrestling role. Yeah. With Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Be perfect. That'd be really, really be good. Really good. You'd actually get the knowledge inside the ring of someone like Daniel Cormier, who's a real fighter. Yeah. And you get somebody like Renee Young, 
who understands the wrestling business. Yeah, and the back and the behind and the scenes it of it works so well together. That's how yeah. you that's how you build a good show like that. Yeah. And she could do more than just WWE analysis and include AEW analysis if they let her. Yeah, but that's But not that's if she if she left the E and went to Fox Sports full time as Yeah, but that. Fox but Fox Sports isn't going to talk AEW. There's no oh, yeah, way. because they they signed a, a huge contract. Fair enough, fair you enough, know, fair enough, fair enough. Billions of dollars. That's never going to happen. Okay, then they can put Renee there and she talks solely WWE. WWE. That's yeah. all she has to do. Okay. And, she, and she can talk about the, the, the four the four categories. NXT, NXT UK, SmackDown, and Raw. And then yeah. they can do their little highlight shows with Pat McAfee on on um, pay-per-views, pay-per-views and, and stuff like that. And I think it's a great dynamic. So, up next was a really, really good match. <laughs> Give me these two guys every week, and I'll be the happiest guy yeah, watching give me, wrestling. Give me these guys every week for like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Yep. No commercial breaks. No. Just give us these guys, Actually, Ricochet and Cesaro. Don't even need 25 minutes. 13, 13. 14 minutes, 15 minutes. It's perfect. Oh. Cesaro and Ricochet, like we were talking about, can put on matches with mops and get three stars. Yeah. But yeah. put on a match together and get four. All day phenomenal athletes and it's the fluidity it's, yes it's it's the it's the countering and it's the striking and it's the flying over the ropes and it's the it it's they so smooth both those guys and it doesn't have to be both these guys fighting each other the you put these guys in a ring with a Rey Mysterio like Cesaro was last week or you put Ricochet even with somebody like Mike Kanellis if they had a real match yeah you could you make this stuff work and that's just the facts about both of those guys. And then you put them both in the ring together. You put the right guy over. You put the young face over. Mm-hmm. Cesaro has another strong match where he loses but doesn't look weak. Yeah. It is just a good match time in and time out. And I like that they're having Cesaro work heel. Oh, yeah. Because it, it works really well as him as a heel. Yeah, especially the promo he cut right before the match. Yes. Where he co- says, I have no problem with what Brock Lesnar did. Exactly. I have no problem with that. Exactly. It is what it is. I love it. I love it. Up next, I believe was another match, correct? Oh, um, was there? No, you got the Firefly Funhouse. Actual Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, match. in between. Or not match the yeah segment. Yeah, the characters are afraid of what's going to happen to uh, Seth Rollins when the Fiend gets his hands on him, and then poor Rambling Rabbit, rest in peace. He dies right on the set. And yeah. then Bray just picks him up and kind of just throws him right off camera, like goodbye. It was funny. And then the rest of the characters are, are 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 so afraid. They're so afraid of the fiend that Bray's like, okay, I'll I'll go talk to the fiend. And he like runs off camera, and then he runs right back on camera. He's like, nope, not gonna talk to the fiend. Just gonna let it happen. We'll see what happens because the fiend is there to quote unquote protect. Seth Rollins. That's why, you know, again, I thought everything was going to happen the way it was going to happen last week, where Ray was going to be in the match, ready to win, and then, you know, you get the Fiend interrupting. But what happened with the Fiend at the end of the night? It's, again, brilliant booking for the Fiend. Brilliant booking. Up next was a match between AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander. Okay. As good as the Cesaro match was with Ricochet, this was match of the night. Yeah. This was match of the night. These two, again, they can put on so many counts. Styles we know has that that in him. Yes. Cedric Alexander until he really was able to do what he is able to do when he was just part of 205 Live when 205 Live wasn't good 
they were never really utilizing him correctly. Excuse me. They weren't utilizing him correctly at all, and they never gave him the shot that he needed. And now they're putting him with probably the MVP mm-hmm. of the WWE. Oh, yeah. And he's putting on matches of the night week after week after week. Yeah, even though he's losing these matches, he's not coming out weak. And I'm not happy that he's losing the matches. I mean, he did get the clean victory a few weeks yeah. back against against um when he was in that six-man tag where yeah. he pinned um, AJ. AJ. And ever since then, it just seems like he's kind of been losing and losing and losing. But his matches are consistently performing. He's he's just putting on good matches all the time. It doesn't matter who he's facing. It sucks that he keeps losing. And yes, this was a U.S. title match. This probably would have been the one title that you could have changed on this show yeah. before going into Hell in the Cell. Because I don't think there's going to be a U.S. title match at Hell in the Cell. I don't think so either. I don't think they're going to have this. these two guys go at it. And then six days later, have him go at it again for the U.S. title yeah. for the title, especially at the last pay per view where they kind of just put him on the pre-show. Yeah, you kind of kind of see where the U.S. title kind of falls in the hierarchy, and that's why I was really surprised. I mean, I would have liked to seen Cedric go over, and I can understand the idea of not putting him over, but this could have been the one title that really changed hands tonight. Yeah, and, and, I agree, and, and it didn't, and it's okay. Cedric put on a good performance. AJ always puts on a good performance. It was a like I said, it was my match of the night. I really enjoyed it. I'll go back and watch it again because these two just know what to do. They just know what to do inside the ring with each other. They, they're getting very good chemistry. Yeah. Now the question is, is is the title going to change over to Cedric eventually, or is this just a point in time where AJ is going to keep the title to then lose it to somebody else? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. Up next was my boys. See, I have two. I have two sets of boys, two tag teams that I really, really like in the E right now, and that's Heavy Machinery, and the We Want the Smoke. We want the smoke. I love the Street Profits. Man, these guys are great. They cut such good promos backstage. They're talking about the NXT Tag Team Championship in this promo. They're talking about everything that's been happening on Raw so far. They 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 send their condolences to Rey Mysterio and Dominic and. He talks so fast, it gets so much out in like a little five-minute segment. It makes your head spin. It's like, what is going on here? Yeah, he just, Montez Ford is great. Nonstop. And then, Angelo's, and then Angelo's just back there just kind of putting in these little like Barbs. Little two words. Yep. Like, you know, I know you're not a huge rap rap fan. Oh, no, no, I like but rap. But like some old hip-hop where they they have the, the main lyrics yeah. going and then they have like the little add-on yeah, in the background. It's like, it's like, That's Dawkins. Yeah, it's like Puff Daddy and Mace. Yes. I understand how it is. Yes. Trust me. Listen, I may not listen to a lot of rap, but I have... You're old. I'm, wow. <laughs> wow, I'm old? I'm pretty sure some of our listeners are around the same age bracket, buddy. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure some of our fans With- are still in school. Yeah, and I'm talking in like elementary school. <laughs> oh, I can second that. Hi, Lexi. Hi, Julian. Exactly. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Those are the exact two I'm talking about. Exactly. Um, up next was exactly what you thought should happen. I will give. I will tip my hat to you that I'm not wearing. He's wearing a hat. I'm not. All the which time. is weird because I normally wear hats. He knows this. Um, Lacey Evans defeats Natalia again. Clean. Perfect booking. Yep. With Clean. these two. I mean. It's a surprise roll-up victory, which I don't really like, 
But post-match, she hits her with the women's right, leaves her in the middle of the ring. Yeah. I think they have one more match. Like I said, I think there should have been two more matches. And I think in the next match, it's Natalia tapping clean. I think it's putting her in the sharpshooter and making her tap to her own move. Okay. And yeah, I think yeah. and that and that's what's gonna propel Evans to title picture. Back into the title picture, but I think into the SmackDown title picture, not the raw title picture. I think she's gonna get drafted over to SmackDown. I think she would fit perfectly on SmackDown. Could you see this? If Bailey Charlotte happens and Charlotte wins, winning the belt, There's your next. Lacey Evans is the next competitor for yep. Charlotte Flair's ninth championship. That that's exactly ninth or tenth. That's one or the other. That's exactly where I'm going with this because they kind of already started that whole thing at the Royal Rumble this past year. They had a match that was kind of very sloppy, but I think the fact that Evans has been working with some very good workers lately, whether that be Dana Brooke, whether that be Ember Moon, whether that be Natalia, and Becky Lynch included. She has really stepped her game up. Yeah. And I'm thoroughly enjoying the Lacey Evans we're getting now. Yeah. Versus the Lacey Evans who was brought from NXT at the point when her and the I believe the Raiders were brought up at the, was brought over at the same time yep. and Ricochet Ricochet and Alistair Black. Black and um the guy who's out right now um, big guy Lost Sullivan Lost yes yeah so I feel like out of that group the one who probably had the most to grow is Lacey was Lacey and I feel she has really grown yeah. I feel she has been helped along the way because she is her. Her matches when I, it was her and Baron versus Sasha Rollins or not Sasha uh, Becky Rollins were not great. No, they weren't, and and I feel like the WWE really had taken a dip at that time. Yeah, I feel Everybody like it was talking down about the fact that these matches shouldn't have been happening because Lacey Evans wasn't ready. I'm the not, re- the reason they were happening is because the. Rollins Becky relationship came out to the public. Yeah. So they had to swing to the fences. Love angles and take that to the next level yeah. and really push that on everybody. Like, oh my God, these two champions are now dating. Let's shove them down your throats together. I hate Who love. are we gonna have them face? Oh, let's let them bury Baron and Lacey yeah. because these two aren't doing anything at the time. I hate love angles. I really do. And it and it, and it didn't work at that time. And I'm sorry. It's a current one that they're going to try to force down our it's throat. It's not going to work. It's, it was... Oh, God. It made me sick. Speaking of, finishing the show was Rusev versus Rollins. Did yeah. I miss something? Um, I don't think you missed anything, man. No. Promo. Evans. Nope. I mean, Sasha cut a little promo in the back that just basically took a lot of jabs at yeah. Becky. But, no, you had Rollins and Rusev. And... It looked really Be- good. Before we get into the match, please tell me you I saw, saw the Baron Corbin's video. throne breaking. Oh man! And and and, Ru- and Orton could Orton. not. He keep couldn't it keep together. character. He couldn't keep character. And did you notice that when they came back from commercial, Rusev, Rusev was like, was like <laughs> "Your uh, chair, your chair broke. broke." Oh, it was so good. It was so good. And Rusev couldn't keep character. Nobody could keep character because it's funny when they came back from break, you didn't hear anybody on commentary talking because they were probably laughing. No, because they cut their mics because they were laughing so hard because 
if you watch the video, there's a woman in the crowd or a guy in the crowd who takes a video and she put it up on Twitter or something like that. And you see Corbin's chair collapse. <laughs> and then you see Corbin come over to the king, Jerry Lawler, and it's like saying something to him like, did you did you do something to my chair? Blah, blah, blah. And Orton is doubled over. He, he is, is he's bent over, belly losing laughing. his mind. He couldn't keep it together. And there's a couple of times you've seen that in Orton's career, and that just shows the kind of human being. The other one is. was when he did the uh, he did the jumping split with Evan Bourne. Yes, he did the jumping like split kick. Yes. Oh, uh, that was funny. But that that was gr- that was just great. Poor Corbin fell on his ass. That was just too funny. And his his throne broke. They gotta I make know. him a new throne. So much for the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> right. You know what I mean, thing falls apart the first time the poor guy sits in it. Needs to lay off the cheeseburgers, right? That's actually, you know what? That's the second time his throne is broke. Oh, really? The first time is when he was speared through it. Oh, that's right. They must have taken the bra- the fall Broken away chair. one, yeah. put it back together, and just said, eh, eh, it'll work. He'll- Leave it. Yeah, exactly. He won't sit in it this week. Oh, man. That was just classic. But speaking of them, too, did you see their faces during the whole love angle later on? There was a picture of them, too. On social media where they're both, like, standing in a corner, like, gossiping because of the whole thing. Uh, These two are brilliant yeah, together. That, that, good good relief. Like, yes. if you need a good laugh. For heels, I mean, you're supposed to hate these guys. But as human beings, man, they know how to get a laugh. Oh, they yeah. know how to get a good chuckle. But it was a um, it was a good match. It was a good match. It was a good match up until they uh, stopped it because well, Rusev hit him with the Moshka kick, I believe. Yeah, and, and, Roll- they were gonna- and Rollins fell out of the ring. And then Bobby Lashley's music hit, which I was excited. Bobby Lashley was coming back. I was looking forward to this. This is a good matchup between big guy versus big guy. Bobby Lashley, you know, needed some time off. I don't think he needed to rebuild his character. We missed the part where the limo rolled up earlier. Oh, that's right. His limo did roll up and nobody knew who Someone's was coming. Someone's limo rolled yeah, up and they were right. like, who's oh. showing up this late? Yeah. So I think I, I like the idea of maybe this big ball of Bobby. Maybe being a character. I could see that, yeah. It's just that what happens next? Because when we talk about the Rusev interview earlier. <sighs> my God. Because in Rusev's interview earlier, when he was backstage, he's asked about Lana. And he kind of just like stares off into the distance and doesn't say anything. And then for her to show up. And now there's this love triangle thing. And... Guys, that is PG thirteen levels of like tongue down oh throat. Oh my god! And we we are talking about love angles. The last time there was a good love angle between Lana and anybody was when it was the Dolph Ziggler and Rusev feud when Lana was cheating on uh, Rusev with Ziggler, and, and they had this whole thing. And Lana was Ziggler's manager for a little bit. Yeah, and then. And then what ended up happening was is Rusev and Lana broke the fourth wall and got married. married. And, that and had they had to, to kill the they angle. They had to kill the angle. This is just, I mean, wow. To me, the last good love angle was when you had Triple H marry Stephanie McMahon in Las Vegas at a drive-thru when she's supposed to be marrying Test. That's the best love angle, okay? And that was the only time it really worked because it actually blossomed into something. You know yeah. what I mean? But this, I just... God, I hated every second of it. Thank you. Thank you, Fiend, for saving us. Thank you for putting the mandible claw on Seth Rollins outside of the ring and saving us from this this 
imagery that's now etched into my brain. Yeah, and then show ended. That's how it ended. Oh, man. Like, come on. That's how you bring back Bobby Lashley? That's how you bring back Lana. No, it's whatever. Bobby Lashley could have come down to that ring and attacked Rusev. And then Bobby Lashley gets laid out by the Fiend. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's just, that is, unless they're making this big ball of Bobby thing that I was joking around about before. He's showing up in limousines and he's he's going to have a different woman every week. And Lana, just, they missed the chance of doing Big Baller Bobby when he was with the man of the hour, Leo Rush. I know. But, they should have done it then. But what's happening with Leo Rush, I'm more than happy with right yes. now. So maybe this break for Leo Rush was really good. But, man, this is not how you bring back Bobby Lashley, especially since the last time we saw Bobby Lashley, he was getting destroyed by Braun Strowman yeah, in a last-man-standing match. Yeah, he threw a LED board. No, the last-man-standing match where he got thrown off of the balcony. That's right. And then Braun Strowman does his roar, kicks his way through the wall, and somehow the referee was able to count to 10, but nobody sees Bobby Lashley like laying down on the ground. That was the last time we saw Lashley. So... Well, you know, I'm going to give Heyman the benefit of the doubt here. Will he be able to write a good angle? No. Heyman, I think Heyman so. may be able to. I think he'll write a I'm good not, angle. I don't think I'm going to like it because I don't like love angles in wrestling. Well, I don't love live, love. I don't like those angles either. But what I will tell you is I'm going to give Heyman the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to let this, Matt, you know. Let this simmer a little simmer bit. Simmer for the next couple of weeks and we'll see what happens. So. And then we move on to what I think is the show of the week. Every, WWE, every week. No, I'm saying the show of this week specifically oh. because of the, the other show that started. WWE NXT Live. My it's not technically called Live, but it was God. the first two-hour live episode on USA. Best hour – I'm sorry, best 135 minutes because it went over yeah. two hours of wrestling – I have watched in a very long time. I don't think there was a single match on this card that I didn't like. No. Not one. And it starts with the opening. My boy, number eight, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, doing a full monologue Yeah, it was to really, the intro really of NXT. And him saying, we are NXT. Because he has a huge relationship with NXT. It was a big thing a few years ago with Baron Corbin and him at an NXT event down in... In Florida. Yeah. And you want to know what's a real highlight to me? Them staying at Full Sail. That crowd is Full Sail makes fire. that show. Oh, my God. It makes it feel like a WrestleMania event every time. Yeah, and and I, I like when they do takeovers that they take that they'll go to smaller venues. Like when they did 25, oh, yeah. it was a smaller venue. It wasn't like a Civic Center. No. It was still a smaller venue, so it was like a smaller version of a pay-per-view. But everybody, it, like some WWE pay-per-view, people go to it because they like the wrestling, but they don't get super into it. NXT fans get into yes. wrestling. Oh, yes, they do. And I want them to stay at Full Sail for a, forever. A, for Not forever, but no. for the next foreseeable future. Foreseeable future. Let it go all the way up until maybe WrestleMania week. And then, then after WrestleMania week, that's when you can start doing your NXT events out there. Have the live events happen elsewhere. Bring yeah. them up into this area. Dude, imagine an NXT at MSG. I think they'd sell it out. I'd, I think they'd sell it out within the first four hours. 
I think it'll happen. It may eventually happen. The thing is, is they've gotta they've gotta continue to put the shows that they're doing right now forward, because when you're going head to head with AEW's Wednesday Night Dynamite, this week point goes to WWE. It Technically, go- by wrestling standpoint, yes, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but something it, I read later. It it the opening match, the opening match, the five star match. I'm gonna put it out there. It could be a five star match. It was better than the last Gargano match. Yeah. It was better than the the three stages of hell match that they did. Yeah. It that match, Matt Riddle and Cole had so many false finishes. So many false finishes. You had two Panama sunrises that were false finishes. You had him do a uh bro to sleep false finish. He did his his little move off the top rope. Yeah, his little false, salty kind of thing. Mo- false finish. And the best part about it, no UE run-in. This yeah. was Cole versus Riddle. Yeah, now that's the, the best part of it. And he had him in the submission with his arm, and he was able to get out of it. Then he went to the other arm, and he used the cast that WWE, like he said, WWE mandated that he wear the cast because of the yeah. injury. He used it, finished him off. And then he hits off, the last shot. Hit the last shot. One, two, three. And he retains. And, and then oh, the music hits. Oh my god! Full sail blew its roof. Yes. When Finn Balor, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, comes out, new hand tat and all. Oh. I cannot wait to see him wrestle, and I want to see if he has a full sleeve because oh. I think he may. Josh, I Facetime you when yeah. that happened. Yeah, Dave and I have never Facetimed before. We talk almost daily about Via wrestling text or anything and stuff, and phone call every once in a while when we have something made to ta- say he facetimed me as soon as it came as soon as Balor's music hit and i was like holy crap yeah wow and, and lexi lost her mind yeah she did she was so excited she didn't know it was happening she because didn't, i don't i'm assuming she didn't watch nxt when Balor was champion no she didn't she didn't. We go back and watch some of those episodes. Yeah. We go back and watch when he first comes in versus the Ascension, and, and he when was he facing fr- Joe. Joe, we, yeah, we go back and we watch that stuff. But when she she was upstairs, and when she heard the music hit, I don't think she hit a step. I think she went right from the top of the stairs right to the bottom of the stairs in one step. And she was in the living room doing the little thing that Ballad does, where he bounces his knees and puts his hands out. Oh, it was so good. It was so good, and then. We will get to how the show closes, but what a way to build up your War Games pay-per-view. If oh, they, yeah. They, there's, there's two ways they could do War Games now, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be very good. Next was a Velveteen Dream promo. Okay, I have mixed feelings about this promo. He was a bit all over the place. He was really pushing chatting with those girls, and he kept doing it over and over and over again. So it kind of, kind of got a little stale. But there were a couple of couple of lines in there. Some barbs, man. He threw at Roddy Strong. Well, I'm not even saying that. There were a couple of like f- jokes he had in there where he's like, "I've not, I've been taken over by a few men sometimes, and it doesn't doesn't affect me." <laughs> and he does these little like these little like jabs mm-hmm. in there. It was funny as hell. Yes. It was a really, I would say it was a solid promo. Uh, see, I think Dream still needs some working on the mic. 
I, I disagree with you 100% there. Okay. He is a, I think he's great on the mic. I just think that promo was a little out there. Okay. I, I think I, it was a little all over the place. It felt a little off. And it was a little, he kept going like we tend to do sometimes. He was hitting some tangents. Yeah. It, it, whatever. But when you're live, I feel like his other promos sometimes work a little smoother because maybe they can record it earlier in a show. Yeah. And then it didn't sound right. So they'll send it back out there and he'll re-record it after talking it through maybe in the back with. Uh, one of the guys. Yeah. When it's live, it's a different beast. That's why you don't... I've never really seen him talk on a takeover or anything like that. Like, you get some guys who will grab a hot mic on takeover. Yeah. But he... um. He did what he had to do. He called out Roddy Strong, and he has no problem facing Roddy Strong again. And that's going to be, again, another good match. Yeah. Setting up to War Games. Yep. Up next was my girl, Io Shirai. Taking My on God. Mia Yim, that was a match. That, all these matches were matches, man. They were they they did not miss a beat. They didn't miss a beat. And one of the things is, you know, everyone joked around last week. I saw a lot of stuff online about the the Fatal Four Way, about how there was some extremely talented woman in the NXT ring, and Mia Yim. And oh, people don't hate on Mia Yim. Don't hate on her because I'll tell you something right now, that girl can carry a match. You're not kidding, dude. She can carry a match. If, and you, if you watch her on the independent scene and in Impact, damn, is she good. Yes. She is really good. Again, I saw her live at 25 versus Bianca Belair. Yeah. It was a it was a pre-show match. It was one that ended up being- a dark an, show. Yeah, it was yeah. a dark show that ended up being- The next po- week. The next week of NXT. Man, she is she knows how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. She, is, she is straight- Straight, straight fire when it comes to being in that ring, and I dude, can't... she's the HBIC. HBIC man, I, I'm not big into rap, you know that. She has a killer, killer, killer theme. I love every second of it, and I like that Eo went over. That's the other yeah. thing too. Yim can speaking take... of themes, dude. Eo Shirai's theme is just great. Her entire look is I great. I love the change. Yeah, and we've said that before, and we'll we'll keep airing it. She, oh yeah, she's her her change is awesome. Her her heel turn is just so good. Yeah, and it was a great match. There were there may have been a moment or two of like confusion, but they just know what they're doing. Yeah. Yim knows. Yim man, doing all her suicinas. Yeah, diving outside the ring. She's too. Phenomenal female wrestlers, yeah, in the WWE. So great match. Up next was another match. Well, Tegan Knox promo, buddy. Yes, there was a Tegan Knox uh, vignette. Vignette, yeah. Very excited. She's coming back. And, yeah, and NXT is very excited to have her back. Did you watch UK? I didn't watch UK. I caught a little bit of it. Okay, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did get the results. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, we'll talk about Tegan Knox in a little bit. All right, my thing is. She was meant to win the May Young Classic until she tore her knee up. Yes, she was. She was going to defeat Rhea, and she would probably have won the whole thing. She is going to get such a push. Oh, a hundred percent, such a push. Do not be surprised if she's got gold on her waist come come Royal Rumble. Yeah, I could see that. She yeah. is going to get such a push. The only thing is, she's blown both knees out. She needs to be careful. She has to be careful. She. I don't want to see her because they were both career threatening injuries. Mm-hmm. I remember the backstage thing where she was bawling her eyes out to um, Paul Levesque, Triple H. And it's just one of those things where 
I don't want to see her career end because of these knee injuries that she sustained so young in her career. So yeah. I'm excited to see her, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say about NXT UK. But we'll get to the next match because Johnny Gargano, the Joker, in his Joker tights, he's bringing back the superhero tights. Let him keep bringing them back. Taking on Shane Thorne in a really Really good match. If it wasn't for the opening match, which is a five star match, yeah, this that would have been match, match of the night. Match of the night. These two guys, for guys who've never had a match before, yeah, Shane Thorne coming back after so long on what the shelf. Chemistry. Oh yeah. What chemistry? I can't wait to see where this continues. I, it's good that Gargano gets the win. I was afraid that maybe this was going to be a squash match. You know, Gargano's first match back at full sail. I was afraid that he was just going to stomp out Thorne, and it didn't happen that way, and it was No, nice. they had a, a good back and forth. There were a couple times where I thought Thorne was going to win. Yes, and and what's nice is this can build to to something that I hope happens at War Games. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little yes. bit. Up next women's was title. the women's title match where Shayna Baszler retains her championship over Candice LeRae by submission. Mm-hmm. But there were a few moments that I thought Candace was oh, going to win that my belt. God. And this is what I was talking about when you were saying uh, nobody at ringside. She sent Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir back to the backstage area yep. because she wanted to take on Candace on her own. Yep. And LeRae, she had, she had Baszler in her own submission. Mm-hmm. Had her in the submission. Had her in the Kimura Lock. And then it looked like there for a second at the end she was going to be she able to pick her the, up. I thought she was going to be able to reach the ropes yeah. at the very, very end. And then she just had to tap. And I'll tell you something right now. And and what I really, really liked is that Shayna didn't get up and wasn't super like cocky about it. She looked like wow. she was worried that yeah. she was going to lose she, that belt. She looked like, wow, I dodged a bullet. I did not expect this from Candice. You know... The last two matches we've talked about, both people who lost those matches looked super Came strong. Came very strong, yeah. Super strong. And LeRae may not get another title shot. She may not. not I, as long I don't as, think she will. Not as long as I think Baszler's holding the belt. Yeah. But that's a girl who should get some gold around her waist as soon as she gets to Raw or SmackDown, if she ends up on so, Raw or SmackDown. Because I don't think... I think, like Johnny... I think Candace is going to be an NXT talent. Yeah. Not because she doesn't have the skills for Raw or SmackDown. I just think she fits that NXT brand. Oh, the no. smaller independent esque. Yes. No, and I and I like environment. That. I like her there. It's just that I want to see some gold around her waist eventually. Yeah. Even if it's short term like they did to Johnny. Because I think I again, faces make better chasers. chasers. Yeah. So even if they use her as transition. Maybe Rhea becomes a heel in some way, shape, or form, and she doesn't beat Baszler. Do you know what I'm saying? The crowd loves Rhea too much. But... I, I, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to book your next three NXT champions right now. Okay. Rhea Ripley is going to lose the belt to Io Shirai, who is going to lose the belt to Candice LeRae. Okay. And then Candice will lose it to someone else who hasn't held the belt but deserves it. Or she Bianca may lose Bellier. it back to Rhea or to Io. And then Belair will beat Io for it when uh, Io loses the second time and Belair will be champion. Okay. That's the next, like, five or six champions. Okay. That is a legitimate order. 
Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. Unless we have someone from UK come up in the meantime and fight for that belt, and it looks like they should deserve it more than anybody else, that's what I could see the next order being. Yeah, but Tegan deserves um, – Tegan. Tegan. C- Candice LeRae yeah. th- definitely deserves an opportunity with the belt around her waist. Again, even if it's for a couple of months like what they did with Johnny Gargano. Yeah. She does deserve I it. I can agree. Up next, Your my boy. boy Pete Dunn. My boy Pete Dunn here. Did you see the beginning of this match? Back and forth, technical wrestling, yeah. start to finish, yeah. the whole damn thing. Yeah. But Pete Dunn goes over Danny Birch. Yep. And it's and the nice thing is, I was afraid this was going to be something similar to last week. Last week's match was great. But I've been waiting for them to build some kind of story for, for Pete Dunn. They're finally Dunn. putting Pete Dunn in a feud. They're putting him in a feud. Against Damian Priest, Priest, the Archer of Infamy. And he laid out Pete Dunn. Yeah, the lights go dark, and I'm like, who in the hell could this be? He gets attacked by Damian Priest from behind. Still dark, he does his archer thing, shoots at the Titan Tron, and his name shows up in yep. fire, just like he shot a fire arrow. I thought it was really, really good, considering he is the Archer of Infamy. That's yep. what the character they've given him. Yep, and the fact that he's carrying this undefeated streak. Yeah. So something's got to give here. Yeah. Something's I think give. Dunn might lose the first match, but then Dunn gives him his first loss. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's going to be 50-50 booking, one-on-one. Yeah, but that's good 50-50 Oh, yeah, very good Because you can let Damien continue to be strong. Maybe you even let him go over someone like Dominic Dijakovic or someone like Keith Lee. Let him get some big victories. And then he takes down Pete Dunne. And then he continues to go on this roll. And then Pete Dunne goes, I want my win back and challenges him again. And that's how he gets his win back. Yeah. So I, I, I like the way this is being booked. And either of these guys can be booked into some kind of title picture right after this or during this too, which would be really nice. Yeah. Up next, Street the Profits. main event with Wale. I know. Wale, and they come out through the crowd and doing the whole We Want the Smoke thing yep. to a instrumental version of their theme song because normally they have the rap underneath it. Yeah. But they had the We Want the Smoke, and then you, uh, I say Street, you say Profit. Street, Profit. I, it was, it so, was so very, very good. Everyone's got their red cups out. Oh, it was a party yes. in full sale. Yes, it was. And yes, then it was. comes out. The Undisputed Era, boom. I know. I love that part of I their do. theme song. I love that part. Because they each do it a different way. Because yep. Cole's standing on the ring and he does his thumb the, thing, the thumb. boom. You got and then uh, Redragon, they just point, point to each other because yep. they're each in a different corner. And then Strong's on his knees and then he does this whole like almost his glorious thing. Yes. Oh, and when they all do it together, it's so friggin' good. Yes. O'Reilly does like his little twist before he does it. Like he gets really, yeah, really far Yeah, and then they do their goes, like their... They're low. Yes. And then, oh, oh speaking of Kyle O'Reilly and Man. the air guitarist of a century. Oh, my. He he is so unbelievable. He may be the most talented guy in the era. Yeah. Oh, that's without a doubt. He is so good. So good. He, If they ever decide to give him a singles push, watch out. Just watch out. He's done so many things. He, uh, The way he contorts himself, the way he's able to like throw some of the knees the way he does, the way he falls, he's so good. He, I'm not saying he kind of gets put on the back burner in the Undisputed Era, but it's unbelievable to watch him. It's unbelievable. Speaking of Kyle Riley, you want to hear a uh, fun fact? Do you want to know who he faced in a match at Wrestle Kingdom 11? Who? Adam Cole. Really? For the ROH World Championship. Wow. Yeah, I'm 99% sure 
he was world champion and Adam Cole beat him for it. Really? I may be wrong. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that's how Adam Cole won, won the It was either one or the one of the other. Okay. But it was a really, really good match at Wrestle Kingdom eleven. I am. Uh, I think it was I, I think it was be, the opening match. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because O'Reilly's unbelievable. Yeah. Now the only thing that I was a little pissed off Is about this how match. It ended. No, not even that. It's a little distracting when you get this really good tag team match and it's up in the upper corner of the television because you have these adverts happening as yeah. a split screen. Yeah. That irritates me. Yeah. I wouldn't I just go to a full commercial break. And come back. Yeah. I don't want to be squinting at the top screen of a television to be like, what's going on See, up there? See, the thing is, I was distracted by the commercials. That's the thing is, I was extremely I was dist- watching the commercials, and I wasn't, I was like, I wasn't paying kept, attention kept to looking the- back, and I'm like, like, oh, it looks like a big move just happened. What happened? I yeah. missed it. Oh, Frosted Flakes and now less sugar. What? Wait. What's going on with Montez Ford? It's like, come on. Either do the commercial breaks or don't do the commercial breaks. If you're saying you're going to do limited commercial breaks, limited commercial breaks. And I understand technically this counts as limited because you're not cutting away from the action. Yeah. But no, no. Just cut away from the action, come back, and then you can do your your highlight recaps where it's an actual true split screen where it's a 50-50 screen at that point. Not this this 50-25-25 thing. You got to have the NXT logo at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. But... The ending was a little weak, where Strong comes down and yeah, he does and his whole kind of distracts whomever. Yeah, I think it was um, it wasn't uh, Montez Ford. It was uh, Dawkins. Yeah, because I wanted Dawkins to take that pin. Yep, and he took the pin after yeah. taking the high low, and we, we we've been talking about NXT imagery. Yeah. So you have three members of the era standing in the ring, all With holding out their belts. You have Adam Cole at the top of the ramp. He's got his belt. They're all excited. And, and then, then no one will survive. survive. Tommaso Ciampa's music hits. And I think the entire NXT universe exploded at that theme song. And the way they did it, Tommaso Ciampa walks out, looks Cole in the eyes, walks him around him 360, stares at Goldie the entire time, Looks up right in his eyes, and did you notice how Cole picked up the belt and, and started held the, hugging, hugging it, it like Tommaso like, oh did Goldie? God. Oh my God, he's gonna take this from me because it's not mine; it's his. It's his. He belt. Relinqu- He relinquished this belt due it's, to injury. It's not mine; it, it it's his, and he's gonna take it from me. And to think, they started the night with Finn Balor, they and ended they the ended night, night with Tommaso Champa. And I have a question for you, because I wrote this down, and I know it's not on part of your list. What's going to be better booking for War Games? A triple threat match with Finn Balor, Adam Cole, and Tommaso Ciampa in the War Games, okay? Okay. Or a fatal five-way elimination match in the War Games, Shane Thorne, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, and Adam Cole. Now, I would have given you an immediate answer if you said Fatal 4-Way, not including Shane Thorne. Okay. I would have said the triple threat because Gargano has got too many chances. He doesn't need to be in that match. But now that you've thrown Shane Thorne in that, I would almost say that Fatal 5-Way, but not in War Games. The reasoning is, is because War Games is generally a tag team match. No, no, I know that. So I don't think it would work so much... As a singles match. Okay. It could, where they could have four or three cages at the top, and then two guys start in the ring, 
and the two rings. But how would they really utilize the two rings? Oh, man, if you got five guys in the ring, you can utilize it. Yeah, once you get five guys, but until you get five guys, you don't even need two rings generally. I know, but last year with Dream and Tommaso Ciampa, they were they managed to use both rings slightly. Remember, okay. Tommaso Ciampa finished that match with a DDT on the metal part in between the two rings. That's okay. how he ended that match. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I could see that I'll say a fi- fatal five-way, not elimination. So single fall. S- single fall, fatal <sighs> five-way, because, or unless they do it this way, Fatal Five Way. Fatal Five Way Gauntlet match, where they do it via the um, the regular War Games rules, where there's ever five minutes, new, someone new comes in. But if there's a pinfall, that clock resets and a new person comes in. Okay. Right away. So, if say seven minutes in, somebody has a pinfall, that clock resets to five, and the fourth person joins, and it comes back to a triple threat. Okay. Because it's three people after five minutes. And then, say, seven minutes, it drops to two. They bring that third person right back in. Okay. And then the clock resets to five minutes, and then the the fourth person would come in. Okay. That's how Shane Thorne gets out early. Okay. And then it ends up being Tommaso, uh, Balor, Cole, Gargano, in a fatal four-way match that goes, like, 25 minutes. I'm... I'm... And the last one to enter is Cole. Yeah. Because the champion's advantage. Champion's advantage is the last one I enter the match. So and he what loses, I and what he, I think and he loses it clean to Champa. What I what I what I think about this is it is um, Gargano Gargano and Shane Thorne start it. Okay. And then Balor comes in. Balor Coup de Gras Thorn. Coup de Gras Thorn. Thorn's out. Champa comes no, in. No, Thorne's already out. So it's Gargano, Balor, Champa. Champa. Then Cole comes out. And then Cole and Balor are having a face-to-face of matchup. And then we have in the other ring, Gargano, Champa. They don't know if they want to attack each other or if they want to team up, like DIY. Yeah. And there has to be a DIY moment during that match. Oh, there has to be. There has to 100%. be. 100%. That's how Balor gets taken out of the match. The DIY moment. Yeah. And then Cole somehow dirty pins Gargano. Gargano. And then Champa wins that belt. Champa wins it clean. Gets his goldie back. I could that'd be really, really good booking. But I'll I, I'll give you a fist bump on that one. That was good booking. Yeah. I, I, I want to see a five way match. Yeah. That'd be really good. So now moving on to NXT UK. Um we both I only caught a little bit of it and Dave caught none of it because it happens on Thursdays at three. We get out of work and we record this episode right after work pretty much. Pretty much. So we didn't catch it, much of it. So I'm just going to kind of bang down the uh, the list and just go over what happened in terms of the matches just to kind of get it so we actually did talk about it. Piper Niven was in a match. She came back and she was in a match against Isla, against Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn did a good showing, but Piper Niven did get the win via p- uh, pinfall. Mm-hmm. And then there was meant to be a match between... Um, I uh I Igna Dragonoff. Yep. Inja Inja Dragonoff, whatever is it, however you pronounce it. Yep. Uh, he was meant to face Saxton Huxley, and he's actually injured. Injured. So Alexander Wolf takes his place, and uh, good singles match. Good singles match. Yeah. Because it's, nice, it's nice to get Alexander Wolf in there. Yeah. On his own. On his own. Yeah. 
Which and he pins Saxon Huxley clean. Yep. Uh, pinfall. They also had a vignette that I wanted to mention. Uh, the Hunt, a uh, a tag team with uh, Wild, Wild Boar and Primeape, couple of a uh, bigger, strong, mm-hmm. almost like a War Raiders kind of style okay. team. Uh, they're coming back next week for a match. Um, they've been doing stuff on like the Evolve shows and the the Performance Center shows and stuff like that during Access weekends. But I think it's going to be good. I think these guys are going to be really good. They're going to be another big man tag team. I think they're going to have a head-to-head with Gallus for very, very soon. Okay. And then the main event. Speaking of Gallus. No, there was only three matches. No, I know. But you had uh, Gallus run in, too. Did you, didn't you read about that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bird and uh, Jake Stars match was never happened. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Gallus came out before the match, attacked both of them. Then Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. Came out, tried to stop Gallus. Yeah, Gallus just wrecked their stop too. Of course, because Gallus is just wrecking everybody. Yeah, Gallus it, is it, great. It's it's great. It's great to see them staying strong even without, you know, without the belts, without the belts being on them because they they're gonna get the belts back. They didn't have the belts. No, the Grizzled Young Veterans. Yeah, but they're yeah. going to get the belts. They yeah. have to get the belts because, like you're saying, you have this new tag teams coming in. Yeah, that pair up very well with them. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be important to get Gallus with the titles on them. Yeah. And then next, the main event, Kaylee Ray and Tegan Knox. You were really excited about Tegan Knox, but she did eat a pin. She lost by the glory bomb, but only after she was doing a running knee on the apron to KLR. And KLR rolled out of the way, and she took the uh, steel ring post to the knee. Glory bomb, pin one, two, three. The best way to make her look strong. Yeah. In a loss on a return. Especially since it's highlighting an area of concern with her, with her knees. Yeah, exactly. It, so they stay, still make her look strong, but do eat a loss to the champion. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it's important because then it keeps the champion strong. Exactly. I mean, this is one thing that we keep talking about. You know, we didn't really talk about it when it came to Raw, but guess what? What tag belts ate another loss this week? The women's tag teams. Yeah. You know, Alexa Bliss. She ate a pinfall this week. She hasn't eaten many pinfalls lately. It's mostly been Nikki Nikki. Cross taking them. But you had Alexa Bliss Bliss take a pinfall. And it's important that your your champions, you know, continue to look strong. And that's what's nice about this. KLR looks strong. Yep. And so did Tegan Knox. Yeah, returning Tegan Knox looks good. But you make your champion win. And that's what you should do. You shouldn't make him look weak. So, real quick NXT recap, but we, we had to make sure that we got it through. Yes. And then what people thought would be the biggest show of the week, AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite on TNT. Now, if you follow the Twitterverse and all these hashtags, it was the most talked about thing in Twitter mm-hmm. for about the first hour. Yeah. And you had a lot of stuff that they were kind of zooming in, you know, in the crowd. You had um, Kevin Smith. From yep. uh, Jay and Silent Bob yep. and his buddy Jay um, Munes or something. I can't think of sure. his last name. But they were in the crowd and they kept kind of you know panning to them. And, and they, stuff had like a, that. they had a promo they a little, had a little bit later bit of on a promo. Night. This was a very good opening. First show, yes. First show. Uh, it was very enjoyable. I was able to watch it after NXT because NXT was so good that I refused to change the channel. And then when I went to my guide... I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're going to be replaying it on TNT afterwards anyway. I don't need to change it. I don't need to yeah. see what's happening live because guess what? NXT was just that damn good. And yeah. that's why I said it was my 
it was my event it was my of the show week. of the week it was definitely well. my event of the week now they had the promo at the beginning mm-hmm. and they had the set yep my biggest pet peeve and i'm not sure if you you noticed it was the big ass tnt logo at the very bottom yep i get it when they put the show that it's live on usa or live on fox or whatever you can mention it all you want. You can put it in like your little low lower third graphics or whatever. Don't put it on your gosh darn set. I know. You don't need to push, hey, we're on TNT. You know what you're watching. We're on TNT. Because all the adverts say you're li- watching on TNT. I know. And, or, every- and then the announcers can say, welcome back to AEW on TNT. Don't put it on your damn set. You don't need to put it on your damn set. Just have AEW dynamite. That's all you need. It was so nice the way that set was set up. You had the two entranceways. You had the multiple jumbos and the, the middle the middle jumbo. It it was so nicely set up. And all you see is that little black circle with TNT and it's just like does it really need it to be It didn't need to be there and it kind of fell out of place. Yeah. Almost. It was like they put they put a lower third or they put like a, a a low opacity graphic over the over the screen. Yeah, and forgot to take it away. Yeah, it just was out of place. All right, but, let's move on to the matches. The, at least the wrestling was the wrestling was phenomenal. Yes, Cody and uh, Cody and Sammy Guevara. Oh my God, Sammy Guevara is twenty seven years old. This kid's gonna be a star. He is already a star. No, but dude. he's gonna be like. And what I really liked is that they were pushing that wins and losses matter. Yep. They were continuing to push the fact that wins and losses mattered. And the fact that there was a time limit in these matches. Yes. Because Cody's already got a draw. Mm-hmm. And coming into this match, he said, if I can't win this match, I will give up my title shot. Yeah. I will give it up to the guy who beats me. I'll give it up to Sammy Guevara. Yeah. And you could see Cody was pushing. He wanted to make sure he got the, he got the yeah, pin. Yeah, he still wants to win. He still wants that belt. But the one thing I didn't like is big move after big move after big move, right? How's the match end? Roll up. Come School on. Boy. A roll up. That's how you're going to end your first match. Yeah. Come on. And then I like how they almost kind of like broke kayfabe when uh, uh, Tony Schiavone came into the ring and was interviewing Cody. And then Cody hugged, I think, Schiavone and kind of cried a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like excited, like this is actually happening. Yeah, and then and then Guevara kind of ripped him off Shivoni, and then shook his hand. Yep, which kind of foreshadowed a little, a little bit, bit that happens later in on. the future, yes. in the, later on in the night. But no, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, and the Jericho attack. Yes, was so good. He is such a good heel. Yeah, you want to actually? We've talked in length about, about top heels. Uh, well, not just top heels. But guys who can play both sides of the coin, right? Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho may be one of the greatest of all time. That guy has reinvented himself how many times? He was in WCW. I know, again, this predates you. Yeah. But he was the master of a thousand and one holds because Dean Malenko was the master of a thousand holds just so he could have that one up from Dean Malenko. Yeah, and he had the, the first ever list. Yes, he had the list. Then he comes to WWE with the whole Y2J stuff. And yeah. his first promo he cut in WWE where he cut off The Rock, yeah, probably the best talker ever, was great. And then they had the Legend Killer gimmick oh. when he was taking on like uh, Ric Flair. Yep. Roddy Piper, Steamboat. Yeah, he was, he he was, and he is one of the best professional wrestlers in the industry, without a doubt. Without a doubt, 
He is an MVP of what you want a wrestler to be. And his heel character right now is so good. He attacks Cody. Those chairs that he suplexed a uh, powerbomb Cody on, there was no giving those chairs. No, those not were at all. those were real chairs that were not meant to give, and Cody had to eat that. And Cody's eaten some really stiff stuff so far oh, yeah. in AEW from short which, spears. Which I've noticed is AEW is very stiff. Yes. And you know, he had Sean Spears bust him open. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't think there's been a time that Cody's not bled. Because I'm pretty sure his eye opened up in this match. Slightly. Slightly. Yeah, like a little thing. Him and uh, Dustin both opened up in their match. Yep. Sean Spears busted him open. Yep. I, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely enjoying the wrestling. Because yes. that's all it was in this. There really wasn't any vignettes. There really wasn't too there many There wasn't a promos. lot of storytelling in it this. It was just wrestling. And that's what you want from your shows. Especially a first show. It yeah. highlighted... So many talents. I mean, the next match. Maxwell Jacob Freeman versus Brandon Cutler. And do you know how old MJF is? 24? He's 23 years old. 23. He is two years older than I am. I'm going to tell you something right now. In the next six months, he will be the best heel in the business. Easily. Without a doubt. Without a doubt in hell. Him, as he's being introduced... He gets a live mic, and he just runs down Cutler, the Washington, D.C. crowd, the people at home watching on TV. He's got that Burberry tie that he wears coming down to the ring. He actually, before the show, I think it was yesterday, he had a live Q&A on um, Bleacher Report Live where he said that his his scarf, costs more than your house which is heel is all hell oh it is and then he calls out a cutler a couple of weeks ago about being a dungeon and dragons fan which i take offense to that because i'm a huge D &D fan but people know that i have a freaking d20 tattooed on my arm it's just he is such a great heel such a great heel and i'm so excited to just see this heel character continue to build and build. Yeah. And build. It's going to yep. be so, so good. That is without a doubt. Yes. But we did have a couple of vignettes after this. Like we were saying about the whole um, Kevin Smith thing in the crowd. And Silent I like, Bob. Yeah. I like the way the vignettes are done. The the few that they did. They're very in odd places. So they yeah. did one that was inside the crowd. They did one at the top of the ramp versus doing like a backstage vignette. Which the one at top of the ramp between uh, SoCal and uh, Lucha, Lucha Brothers. Brothers. Cero Mieros Punch Yes So So good And then the stuff that they did before that Where they were filming out in D.C. Yeah I mean And they had a a Secret Service What's his name Playing Obama Yes Uh, Very well done And then Even the other slight stuff that they did Where You had backstage Jericho And Ortiz And um, Santana Santana Talking And you have Jim Ross saying, hey, let's eavesdrop on this conversation. Like, the camera was just there by an accident, eavesdropping on everything that was happening. It's just, it, it's so well produced for a first show. You can tell they put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this. And I want to continue to see them building on the story because the wrestling is there. Yeah. The wrestling is most certainly yeah. there. They have yep. all the talent. I mean, the the next match, the next match could headline a Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, it really could. Pac, the bastard. Pac. 
I, I actually said in text to you, I'm, I'm breaking the fourth wall last night when we were watching NXT, that the bastard of NXT is back. This is the bastard of AEW. Yes, it is. Pac. Yes. Is uh, back and takes on Hangman Page, which this match was meant to happen a few weeks ago or a few months ago, and Pac didn't want to take the take the loss. And he so didn't he take left. one here. He didn't take a loss here? No. no. And, and, and the one thing that was kind of irritating is they did it a couple of times in the night with both heels winning their matches. Yep. Distractions to the referee. Um, Pac was able to use a low blow tactic to get over on yep. Hangman. Um, but one thing, he hit his finisher and then he put on a the, submission. the submission. You remember what his uh, finisher was called in a, uh, WWE? Not the... F- was the Red Arrow. The Red Arrow, that's you right. You know what it is now? No. The Black Arrow. Oh, the Black Arrow. Yes, they've renamed it the Black Arrow. Okay. And I think, wasn't it... I can't remember if it was the Rings of Saturn is what the, the submission used to be called. Okay. I'm not sure if they've named it yet. But it's the same submission where it's the pulling the arms behind and kind of a cross face kind of thing. Okay, dude, that fin- that I just, submission I would, I would just call it the bastard lock. That's that's, that's that, really that's what I would call it because it's, it's a devious uh, finish. He, man, and it's good because you're really building Pac at this point. Yeah, you really he's, are. He's two and zero. Yep, and he has put down big names. Yes, he put down Kenny Omega. Yep, and Hangman Page. Yep, it's. Just what you needed to do. Yeah. Now the only thing is Hangman Page is owing to. Yeah, exactly. So he needs a win somewhere. He needs to win somewhere. He needs to face someone like Cutler and just get a win because that's kind of what Cutler's going to do. Sammy, Sammy Guevara for right now. That's what they're going to kind of use these guys for. Yeah. I mean, you got... Actually, maybe not Sammy Guevara after what happened later on in the night. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We'll have to... We'll, we'll, we'll get to that whole thing at the end. So, women's title. The second to last match of the night, the women's title match between Rio and Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is a beast. Yeah. They Spe- made her look so strong in that match. Yeah, speaking she- of youngins, you know how old Rio is? Isn't she like 22? She's 22 years old. And she is the inaugural AEW World Champion. I know. Or women's champion. Yes. And it and then afterwards, she attacks Rio, and who comes out for the save but Kenny Omega? I, I know, I know. Are they building to like this kind of intergender matches? And I stuff think like they're that? gonna start having intergender matches because I could see a match between Nyla Rose and Kenny Omega being really, really good. Yeah, but coming back to the match with Nyla Rose, right? She took a double stomp and yeah. just no sold it. Yep. It wasn't until she tried to do her cannonball outside the ring where she had the chairs on top of Rio that any offense was beginning to affect her. Because, dude, that's a dangerous spot. She ate those chairs, man. Yeah. Oh, that hurt. It hurt to watch. Yeah. It really hurt it to really watch. It really does. And it's good to see Rio go over. I like seeing the little the underdog. The little girl. Yeah. yeah. She, the, small, the smaller one. The prevails. David and Goliath story. Prevails. But Nyla Rose attacking not just her after the match, but the guy in the ring that's interviewing her. Yeah. It, she's a beast. Nyla Rose is a beast. Yeah. And, and again, hovering back, Kenny Omega comes out, makes the save. Intergender match, man. Yeah. Just book it. And then the final match of the night, the tag match between the elite, the, the elite. Golden elite. The golden elite versus Jericho and LAX, the Latin American exchange. And this match ended by the Bucks 
and o- and Omega losing, but technically only the Bucks losing. I know because Omega gets attacked by Moxley. Yes, the returning John Moxley comes and- out and takes him into the stage, into the VIP area, which I loved. Jim Ross saying, "I didn't know there was a VIP area." It was Dub- so good. Double double arm DDT through a glass table. Yeah. Oh man, the spots that they're putting out. Yeah, it was really. I know they're ugh. going. I know they're going with the TV fourteen rating, and they're definitely going with the TV fourteen. Oh, they're 14 definitely rating showing it too. Yeah. Because they're going to try to draw in that more mature audience with this. Because I don't think NXT is a TV fourteen. I think NXT is NXT is still uh, TV PG right PG yeah. So I- after the match. Jericho hits the uh, the Judas Judas effect. Yes, which is a I'm not sh- I'm not a huge fan of the finisher. The I like spinning his, elbow. I like, I like his code breaker better. Co- yeah, but I like the uh, it's a spinning elbow. It is what it is. And then one of the Jackson brothers takes the fall. I can still not tell them apart. And then the three of them start taking on the uh, the brothers. Yep. And then I believe comes down Cody. Yeah, Cody to back comes him up. Down, comes down for the safe. And then Guevara comes out as if he's almost gonna um, help him out. Low blows Cody. Yep. Kicks, kick, dude. Kicks yep. Cody right in the in the family jewels. Yes. Right yep. in the family in the family package. Yep. Yep. In the Rhodes and, package. And then comes down Dustin. Kicks Guevara in the package. Yep. And then who but Jake Hager comes I out? No. Jack Swagger. There's been talks about them bringing in another w, former WWE champion. And they ne- they didn't give any hints as to who. Nope. And this is really, really good to especially, see Jake Hager back. Especially when you consider he's been dominating people in the MMA yeah. world. And his last in match. Bellator. And, like, he got some heat after his last match. And there was a talks that he was not, that Bellator wasn't going to let him get back in the octagon. Do you think it, you think it was a, you think it was a work? No, he's, he's, he's all elite, man. No, 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 I'm saying, do you think it was a work in Bellator? Like no, saying they're not going to let him get back into the no, ring? No, I think they're not. I think I, I don't think Bellator wants him back in the ring after what happened. So this is good. Yeah, it is. You've and got did a, you see? You've the, got a real. They're like an NWO esque. Yes. Uh, faction. Very NWO, and the same way they're being formed is very NWO. Yeah. And it's just standing over all the yeah, bodies. Jake they like kind of like piled them all on top of each other. And Hager, just, Guevara. Jericho, and you LA. see when they were panning across them, Jericho's like, kind of shrugs and like, uh, it happened. Eh. And then it, uh, we hit a wreck shot. And then Ortiz and um, Santana, Santana just looked mean. They just looked so angry, and it was really good. And you're gonna have you're gonna have Hager pre- protecting Jericho. Jericho may hold his title for a little bit longer than yeah. first expected if if he's got someone like Hager backing him in the corner. Yeah. You're going to see Jericho just getting DQ wins until someone finally does like a no DQ match. Yep. And I that, can see that. And that's eventually how he's going to end up losing the title because I mean, with that stable behind him, yeah, there's no Who's going to beat him? No one. No one can beat him one-on-one until they bring put the entire elite together. Um Page, Cody, Omega and the Bucks. Yeah, that'd be your 5 versus this 5. Yep. Who knows, man? Who knows? I, I don't know. But the wrestling was so The wrestling good. is definitely what made AEW Dynamite. Yeah. Oh, it did. They, they weren't doing a lot of storytelling outside of this whole ending sequence. Yep. I mean, you again, you had the vignettes. But it was a very enjoyable show. But I will tell you this. The one thing that could really bite AEW is this whole doing the replay afterwards. 
Yeah. Because if you get somebody who's willing to stay up until about midnight, like myself, yeah. I'm willing to stay up until midnight. They'll watch NXT first. I will watch and NXT then... live before I watch AEW. Yeah. And the way that Levesque is booking NXT. They're going to make them want to watch NXT before. Anyway. I know I'm going to watch NXT. Yeah. I want to know what's going to happen next week on NXT now that you have Balor and Champa both returned. Yep. To full sale. Yeah, and where do these championship matches go? Where yes. do the championships go from here? Yes, because you didn't really build anything on the championship match side no. right now. Next week's going to be— Candice went on. Candice lost clean. She's not going to go back for the belts. Street Profits lost their rematch clean. They're not going to go back for the belts. And Riddle doesn't have uh, reasons to go back for the belt. He lost clean. Yeah, but so I'm talking about— So they're building brand-new storylines with— Balor and Champa, like yeah, you're saying. But what I'm saying is on the other side in AEW, they didn't really build anything no, towards didn't. their titles. No. Because they didn't have anything to do with the tag tournament this week. That's nope. that's, that's all starting next, next that week. That starts next week. I mean, yeah, you, Cody is the number one contender against Jericho, but that's going to happen at what? Fight uh, f- fight for the Fallen? Fighter Fast? Whatever they're fight, called? Yeah, one of those. I'm not sure. That's going to be the next time the title is going to really be put on the line. And based on this stable that's been created. Jericho's not going to lose that match. No. So, I'm I'm more interested to see what's going to happen with this whole Moxley, um, Omega thing. Omega thing. thing. That's this, that's really the main story that they're going to push. Yeah. I mean, unless you get a good promo cut by Jericho to open up next week's Dynamite. I mean, again, I nothing's dragging me to get away from NXT right now. As an NXT fan, I I don't see the need for me to hit the the button to go to TNT. Yeah. I'm just going to stay on NXT, and if TNT is going to re-air Dynamite afterwards, go afterwards, I'll just go watch it afterwards. Yep. And and I and, and I was also smart by NXT because the fact that Dynamite re-airs afterwards, NXT went 15 minutes long to yep. kind of cut into the Dynamite time. Very smart. Yeah. Very 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 smart. Yeah. And, very very good. So that's what that's how I feel about this past week. Yeah. Now we're just going to finish off uh, with a little bit of news. Um, first thing, quite exciting. Um. Bray Wyatt, the man Bray Wyatt, found himself to uh, Fox 40, Fox News 40 in San, uh, Sacramento. Sacramento. That was good. I We watched it just before we started recording. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. Yeah, it's funny. It's oh, really, really it's, good. It's, it's really funny. Oh, my God. If he did not write the first segment, not the weather segment, but the other segment with the other guy, he had to have written that whole segment. He had to have, or was, he improv that whole thing perfectly. That was so good. That was, oh, man. He's like a kid. Yeah. He, he's, and he was saying, he's saying he's the Fiend's biggest fan. Yeah. He, he's talking about how he's going to be in the front row at, yeah. at, at, at Hell in the Cell. It's going to be like he's almost in it. He's going to be so close, he's going to be almost in it. it it's so good. It's so good because... And he had like he had a let me in shirt on. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, "Oh, you must you must be his biggest fan." And it's like, "Oh, I love the fiend. He's my favorite." And it's, I don't care what anybody out there has to say. This is not breaking kayfabe. This right here is ideal writing for your character, and you have the right guy at the right time doing all the right things because he is able to separate not only. I don't know what his real name is. I know he's a Rotunda, but uh, I know it too. His father's um, Mike Rotunda, but I don't know Wyndham. Wyndham Rotunda. Okay, well, no, Wyndham is also one of his last names because he's part of the Wyndham family too. But 
regardless of what it is, he's able to separate the human being that he is in real life. This Bray Wyatt, Mr. Wyatt character. And then this Fiend character. Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda. Wyndham Lawrence. Okay. So... Oh, so it's a callback to both his families. Yep. He actually has his the last name of his one of his grandparents and then the last name of his father. Wow, that's really cool. But it is just great, great to see this man being able to actually build up all these personalities. Yeah. And he's not breaking kayfabe anybody by going out there because he's not going out as the fiend. That's the big key to all this. Yeah. He's going out as this Mr. Wyatt character who loves the fiend. And it's just, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Right, Watch the, the clips. Yes, definitely. Uh, next bit of news. CM Punk would like to return to a behind-the-scenes uh, job for WWE, but Paul Levesque doesn't want him back. That's a, that's a work. I, I definitely think it's a work. I could see that's it a, being a 36 match. That's, that's WrestleMania 36 match between... That, that's a work. Punk and Triple H. That's a work because Punk's a Heyman guy. And now that Heyman's kind of doing his thing backstage at Raw, that is all day of work. Oh, yeah. All day. I could definitely see that. Another thing, another piece of news. WWE uh, put out a statement, and it was tweeted by somebody else, put out a statement congratulating AEW on their success of their first episode and say that, this is going to be really good for Wednesday nights on re- in wrestling because this is not a one-night race. This is not a one-night st- sprint. This no. is a week, uh, weekly marathon. Yeah, this is this, weekly. This is going to this is going to be over years. years. You know, we we've talked in length outside of this podcast about the Monday Night Wars. I lived the Monday Night Wars. I watched when Hall and Nash left WWE, yeah, and all the other talent left WWE to go to WCW for the bigger paycheck mm-hmm. because Ted Turner was willing to put everything on the line to bury the WWE. Yep, and the WWE losing that ratings war for so long. The shoe is now on the other foot. They're the big dogs. Yeah, they're the ones being chased. They're the ones where this is a lot of disgruntled talent that has left them over the years. Yeah. These ratings wars are going to be incredible because, I mean, they're getting well over a mu- million viewers each. Because, I'm going to cut you off there. Because, well, I'm talking about week one and week two for NXT. Yeah. We're both. I think week one was like 1.2 million and week two was like 1.06 million or something like that. And I know this week that AEW had more viewers. Yeah, so I have the numbers here. TNT's AEW Dynamite debuted with 1.4 million viewers. Wow. Whereas NXT had 891,000. So there's your 200,000 flip right there. Yep. So I don't think it's going to last long. No. I think it's going to flip-flop back and forth depending on what's being booked. Well, I think because this is the first AEW... That's where everybody went. Oh, I think so too. But if TNT continues to do this thing where they're gonna play Dynamite back to back as a rerun, it's gonna start to it, kind of flip back to NXT. You're gonna you're gonna see court. a level off where they may be a, a, a million one and a million three, or a, a, million, a million two, and a, a million two and a million two. You may you you may start seeing the level off. It's the new thing on the block. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, 
I mean, my buddy Brian, I'll give him a shout-out right now, he had a Snapchat last night. He's like, Wednesday nights are going to be fun. He was watching NXT on his laptop and AEW on the TV. I was like, you, my friend, are a wrestling fan. Yes. I I, I didn't even want to try that. I, I wasn't going to attempt that. Nope. The second I heard Corey Taylor's voice, I was like, yep, staying on NXT. Yeah. Not moving. Oh, the first 30 minutes of NXT have no commercials? Oh, not the moving. first 30 minutes of NXT are the NXT Championship, NXT championship match? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, wait. Finn Balor just came out? No, yeah, I have no reason. I don't reason. need to change. I, I don't have any cheese. Oh, wait a minute. They're going to replay Dynamite afterwards anyway? Oh, I'll just watch the okay, replay. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'll stay fine. up until midnight. That's yeah. not a big deal to me. So so that is our news for the week. Uh, we pretty much um, spoke about uh, Hell in a Cell throughout the show. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing really else to really predict um, except for the tag match between Brian and Ro- uh, Reigns versus uh, Harper Rowan. Harper Rowan going to win the I match. think Harper and Rowan are going to go over against Again. Brian. And and and, and it, there'll be another clean victory. There'll be another. Yep. Oh wait, hold on. Let me correct myself. It's Luke Harper and, and Eric, Eric Rowan. Rowan. Yes. yes. I I keep giving everybody crap for that, but yep. that's what they want to be called. Yep. So that's what it is. So that's what they're going to be called. So, just to reiterate, you have Banks over Lynch. No. Yeah. You have. I ba- said if Banks goes over Lynch, Bailey loses. Okay. If Bailey retains, Lynch retains. Okay. So. Let's just go over the f- four matches that we know are definite, right? Universal title. Uh, Fiend wins. Okay. Clean. Clean clean win for Fiend. And quick. I hope it's quick. I hope it's just an absolute burial. I, I hope... Like, Not a burial. A squash. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I hope that maybe um, Rollins gets in his... A, a stomp or two. And Fiend just no sells it. Yeah, and 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 that's it. And he just wrecks Mandible Claws. And he just wrecks him. Sister Abigail Mandible Claw, and he holds that Mandible Claw in, and, and just KO. holds it. In it just, it's not a tap; it's a KO. Yeah, he knocks him clean out, and that's just how that match ends. Um, thanks, I, Lynch. I I said it all depends on SmackDown Championship, but I'm gonna say the most likely choice is that they're gonna have uh, Banks win. Okay, so you have Banks going over. I have Banks going over, and I have Bailey going over. But then you'd have both of them as champions. Oh, I meant I have uh, Becky going over and Bailey going over. You have Becky and Bailey. Becky and Bailey, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think I, I think Becky's going to hold the belt. Banks will take the loss. It'll be a tough loss for her, but she'll take the loss. Yeah, Bailey will hold the belt, and then when the draft happens, you're going to see. Both the both Hug and them. Boss connection go on to SmackDown. Yeah, go on to SmackDown. And Charlotte and Bailey, uh, Becky will both find themselves on Raw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll probably see that. Yeah. On, you know what? Just for argument's sake, I want to go the other way. You're going to go the other I'm way? Gonna you're going to have Charlotte I'm gonna and have, Banks I'm gonna have, win? I'm going to have Banks win, and I'm going to have Charlotte win, because you're going to have um, you're going to have Banks and um, Bailey on Raw. Bailey on Raw, and you're going to have Lynch move over to SmackDown because Rollins is going to be having the ability to move over to SmackDown now because he's going to lose. The he's belt. going to lose the belt. And then that's where you'll get Evans over on SmackDown in that women's division. And then it'll be Lacey versus Charlotte for versus that belt. Charlotte, and then you'll okay. have Lynch in there, and you'll have Ember, have you'll have Oscar maybe separating from her tag team. Who knows what's going to happen at that yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. Because that's the nice thing about the draft. And again, we're not trying to do too much right now because but it can split tag over. teams. But you can you can split tag teams up at this point. Just, just keep heavy machinery together, please, please. guys. Please keep them together. Yes. Don't ruin that. Them and Street Profits. Yeah, gotta keep, gotta keep those those guys together. Yes, and keep the OC together. Yeah. I know we're asking for a lot, but 
just keep it. Yeah. Keep keep it like Or this, put the OC on uh, NXT. Yeah, but I thought NXT wasn't part of this draft. Remember that? That's true. It's not, technically. Yeah, which sucks. Because there's, there's a lot of fun. Or they're undrafted free agents and find themselves at NXT. Or they're undrafted free agents and they can roam wherever they want. Like King Corbin needs to do. Yeah. We'll move on to that next week when we talk about our draft predictions yes. next week. But thank you all so much for coming out to tonight's episode or today's episode or whenever you're watching this episode of The Double Doink. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Yes. We always have a lot of fun doing this. Yes, and we do. We had a very, very long discussion about this week in wrestling, but this was a big, big week in wrestling, and it's not even over yet. I know. As of recording this, we still have SmackDown and Hell in a Cell. Yep. Which we will touch base next All week. All next week, yes. Because that's going to be a big week. Because you'll have the first SmackDown. Yep. You'll have Hell in a Cell. Yep. You'll have Raw. Yep. You'll have NXT. Yep. You'll have Dynamite. Yep. You'll have Draft Predictions. Yep. NXT UK. NXT UK. That's a big show next week, guys. We're going to be probably at about two hours next week. Oh, easily, But guys. we will see. But No, no. We, we will we'll probably be at, be at two we'll weeks. We'll be at two we'll hours. We'll be at two hours, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot going on. And WWE hasn't even released the rest of the matches for the for Hell in a Cell. Yeah. So that's why we're not doing our predictions. We've yeah. done the few matches we know about. But we're going into this just as excited as you guys. So once the predictions go on, once this podcast goes up, we will comment our predictions on the matches subsequent to a clip for yep. this. Yep. So this way you guys know where we stand per match. Yep. And as well as that, we now have a Twitter account. So as I will give Dave access to it. Ooh, tweet, but, tweet. But I might not be able to catch the beginning of Hell in a Cell because I'm going to be out doing a photo shoot. Um, but we will be live tweeting, or we will try to be live tweeting with Hell in a Cell. I will do my best, guys. Social media is not my forte. We will try and do live tweeting with Hell in a Cell um, to have discussion about what's going on and what our live reactions are. Now that we've dug ourselves into a hole a little too deep for us, we're going to get out of here. Yes. Thank you all so much for listening again, and we will see you all next week. Double Doinks out. Peace out.